Yeah, absolutely. What, what I would say is, you know, no matter what you're going through, it's there. It, it's finite. You you know, any any struggle that you have, the, even though it doesn't feel like it when you're in it, it is going to end at some point. You just have to. Again, we we talk about some of the some of the things that you can do to to get help, whether it's talking to a professional whether it's just finding someone finding someone that you can confide in it doesn't even necessarily have to be a professional but a lot of times when we just when we just talk about the the burdens it you know it, you're going to feel different you're 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 going to feel a bit of a release but just taking positive steps every day with some kind of purpose you know if you can find what your purpose is and and move towards it every day even just a little bit of progress each day accumulates over time so you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you, whatever it is that's making you feel like that your life isn't worth living, just trust that it is. There's somebody, you mean something to somebody. And, you know, if you can't find the strength to to press on for yourself, find someone else that you can press on for. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so... This podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 come on in now. Let's go. Let's get started here. Let's get all fired up. Let's learn something. Let's get encouraged. Let's get some hope. And then not only all this, Motivation, inspiration, let's use what we can to help someone else down the line. We all know someone is struggling, someone's going through something, and they need help. And you know what's good about that? They're going to come back and help you in the future because life happens unexpectedly, expectedly, definitely when we're not ready for it, but it happens. All right, hey, I'm Dr. James Perdue. Welcome to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Today's topic, we're going to talk about confidence. How confidence can get you where you need to be and how low self-confidence may not get you in a place where you like to be. Our guest today, uh, right about the age of 23, he'd already filed bankruptcy and had a divorce and at one point was attempting to take his own life. Wow. So that's a story right there to start off with. And today he is very happily married got a life worth living for. He's going to share with us and how you can get this better, higher confidence level so you can have the same thing. Brian, Brian Hamilton, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be on and uh, I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity. Oh, no, no. I, I, I told people, I said that uh, uh, the, one of the reasons I do this is um, there's more alternative motives than what I got, but it's main thing is provide a platform from other people and get their message out because I know people are tired of hearing my message. And so uh so so I'm trying to trying to help uh, uplift other people and this is the way I can do this. So and again appreciate you sharing with us and spending some of your valuable time with us today. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so Brian, Brian, like a, a nine, Brian, all right. Um let me say here. Now Let's go ahead and get started here. Let's get into your story. Before then, you talking about having a low self-esteem in your adult who uh, adulthood. 
and with uh, let well, I say low self-esteem and confidence. All right. Do you think it developed as a child, younger? Did you have that when you were growing up? And second part of the question: Can you pinpoint how that happened? If that's the possibility here. Yeah, I, I do think I have a little bit of insight as to how that happened. So, yeah, and, and it would go back to childhood. I think, and, I, and it's funny because I had a very similar conversation earlier today. But it all started, I think, when I was in elementary school. We lived in an area in Toronto where it was, you know, it was a very diverse population. I, you know, I was, again, really early years of school, so it's all I had really known. But then we moved. My, my dad worked really hard to get us into a, a better neighborhood, get us into our own house out of community housing. And, you know, the area that I went to, there was not nearly as much diversity. So there was one, after the first year being there, the the only other, you know, there was another black family, they had moved away. And I became not only the only black kid, but the only minority in the entire school, a K to eight school. So that was, you know, that was interesting in itself, um, you know, going from a very diverse population to a not diverse population. So I already stood out like a, like a sore thumb as it, as the saying goes. I can, I can say that being going one or the other way, it could be a very positive thing where people were interested to find out, not to say what a colored or black man or child would be like, nothing like, not saying that, but instead of talking to, to the same old white person, let me go talk to a, and you know what I'm saying? So it yeah. can either go good or go bad. I wouldn't think there'd be a medium. I wouldn't think. Uh, I don't know. I, I could, I could see maybe a medium, but for me, it was, uh, it, you know, it was the latter of the two. It wasn't a great experience at all, uh, especially early on the, I, I struggled with, uh, I, I had, you know, I, I don't know if maybe because of the time, but I always, I always say like, if I was born 10, 15 years later, I probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD, but I, or at least ADD, but I, I definitely struggled in school and it really stood out there. So that first year that I was there, it came midway through the school year. I got held back. And I'm I'm six three. At the time I wasn't above average size, but I did have a bit of a growth spurt. So you keep in mind I'm the the only minority in this entire school. I'm I'm already you know, I'm having some struggles learning as it is. I'm I'm a year older than everybody else now, and I'm bigger than everybody else. Like I was you know, I ended up being bigger than everybody my age. So having that year being held back really made me stand out. So yeah, you know, there were definitely, I think that was a, a little bit of where it came from, but I, I think that was where a lot of my struggles with confidence because I just didn't feel smart. You know, I, again, got held back for a year and I was kind of the, for lack of a better explanation, probably like the big stupid kid in the class who who stood out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, now go ahead. And I was going to say also, I, I, say that. I also, you know, we did struggle financially. So there were, there were other reasons. Like I, I had a bike that was way too small for me for a, you know a couple of years, so I got I got made fun of a lot whenever I rode my bike. So there 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 were a lot of things there, and then just the whole experience of, you know, I, I would say I definitely experienced racism during that time. So mm-hmm. all, all okay. of those things would make you feel like less of a person. I think uh, I would agree with you. Yes, and so uh, with the uh, you mentioning that, I would think a big key. I mean, I understand you you may have went through. I would imagine some bullying during that time. Uh, again, the racism with, with that and those in itself would affect your learning. And because you're so concentrated to get away from the other stuff that you neglect your own education because you're trying to get away from all that other junk and you concentrate so much on it. I can see where your education could, could lack due to that. Well, I, I definitely, there was some bullying, but 
also at the same time, conversely, I did become a very good fighter. I did get into a lot of fights uh, right up until they added this. It was when I was in grade four, they implemented the zero tolerance rule where you got suspended automatically if you got into a fight. And I wasn't as worried about getting suspended because I hated school at the time, but I was worried about going home to my dad and telling him that I got suspended. So that was kind of where it stopped. And we, we had moved again and I had switched to a school that was more conducive to, um, to me anyways. I ended up being much better in school and, um, you know, it just really actually made a lot of progress from, you know, the year over year. There you go. Awesome. I've never been a fan of this zero tolerance in school because if I'm protecting myself, I shouldn't be punished for it. Especially if I've already reported to a teacher and then still nothing was done. So, yeah, I, I, of course, now I, I, I got to admit, I was never suspended from school. My older brother and younger brother, who you would have thought would never get suspended, they did. <laughs> People thought I would be, but uh, I, I I didn't at that time. So uh, so yeah, but I've never been fond of the uh, zero tolerance. All right, now so now you've uh, you gone through uh, your your school years. Uh, you get into college uh, again. It's age twenty three was divorce and stuff. And so how how did I mean? You, did you marry early? Did you get trapped up into the finance, and then how did all that? Yeah, so I, I guess what I'll say is I had both parents. I was the youngest of six kids in total. I was the one child that my parents had together. And they were married for, you know, they were married before I was born. They were married for the first 20 years of my life, give or take. And then they got a divorce. At that same time, I was getting married. And I was, you know, although there were some things that should have made it obvious to me that it wasn't going to be a good fit and we probably shouldn't have taken that step, I, I just kind of ignored that. And I was determined in my mind to make, my marriage successful because, you know, my, my parents weren't able to do it after, you know, doing it for so long. So yeah, again, and you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to criticize the, the other person that's not fair to do, Yes, but it definitely, you know, obviously things, things didn't work out. Uh, and, and you know, at the same time, uh, I was already going through, I was already having some financial struggles. So I ended up declaring bankruptcy during the time that we were married. Um, but it was mainly just because of bad decisions, probably, you know, overextending myself, helping people when I, I wasn't in a position to do so. And, and, you know, again, looking back on it with, with hindsight, they probably weren't in a position to repay <laughs> what, what, you know, what I was, what I was offering as a, as assistant. So yeah, I did dig myself a bit of a hole. So yes, by, uh, again, in that all within that one year, yeah, you know, I'd filed for bankruptcy, I guess, the previous year and then was going through the divorce at age 23. So, in a, again, just really, um, really tight financial situation. I was driving a Toyota Tercel that, you know, had indicators that didn't work. So I had, fi- I had done a lot of the repairs on the car myself. I was doing hand signals. Uh, you know, it just wasn't an ideal spot to be in. There you go. Like, love is such a strange animal, a strange creature, you know. Love makes us do goofy things. Love is blind. Love is, you know, and so, but I mean, you can't, you can't throw it out on love and everything. So, um, I mean, you, like I said, you want to try to make it work because your parents did for their 20, 20 plus years. And so, yeah, that's commendable that you uh, tried and everything like that. All right. So then got down to rabbit hole financially and that uh, took some confidence away. The divorce again, feeling like a failure, I'm sure took some more confidence away and you had uh, contemplated ending your life. So not that you are not that we're glad you're here. We're glad you did not, you know, go down that rabbit hole and, and do anything. Okay. But to 
can you think off the top of your head or was there a reason why you didn't attempt? Did something go... I mean, some people may say, I know my religious belief says, no, you can't do it, even though I was thinking about it, but I couldn't do it for that. Or I had a woman on my show one day, and she said that she was contempting uh, suicide, and the reason she didn't do it was her two- and four-year-old. She just couldn't leave them behind, and she she thanked them for keeping her alive. Yeah, so for me, it was... Again, it was uh, during this time. I was on a, a you know a long drive home from work. It wasn't that long. It's probably like a thirty-minute commute. But you know, when you're alone with your thoughts, it feels like a long time. So it was during that time. There was just this one night where I contemplated just driving my car off the road. Like I was just thinking about the the debt that I had gotten myself into. And when I look back at it, it really wasn't even that much. I, you know, some hard work I could have probably gotten myself out of the situation. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. And then going through a divorce as well. It was like I just felt like I was at rock bottom. My life couldn't get any worse, and I was, you know, I was just under. It, it was just the the stress of it, and just the burden of it. It was just so heavy, and I was like, if I just, you know, I can just end this all and just not have to deal with this anymore. Now, you know, to answer your question as to what it was that made me not do it, there's a couple of things because again, I had, had a conversation that was very similar earlier today, and part of it was just my logical mind because I was thinking. You know, I, I had heard stories of people who had attempted and not been successful. And my thought was, well, if I actually do this and I don't end things, I'm not going to have a car anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have another problem now. and I'm not going to be able to get to work and it's just going to make things worse. And, you know, I could potentially hurt myself and, you know, things not be over, but I, I, it could be damaged for life. So there was that, um, you know, I got thinking about some family, my friends, and that was kind of what stopped me at that point. You know, I, yeah, it was yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, it was that low point. And yeah, I guess that was, so to answer your question, it was really just thinking of those other folks and thinking of if I wasn't successful, it just kind of add to the, the list of my uh, my failures to that point, but but also well, it just you, created you a new think, issue for you, me. You, you're thinking, you know, like you said, all this going through your head, the stress, burden and everything. And if I'm not successful to suicide, what if I mangle myself and now I've lost an arm or a leg or paralyzed or now I made things worse that I can live through. And so, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you that I am a three time, don't say loser, but winner at attempting suicide and surviving. I wanted out of here so bad. I, I attempted three, three times in three days. And the last time they found me, sucking carbon monoxide out of my van and someone found me they got me to the hospital put me in a hyperbaric chamber forced the carbon monoxide out of my body and oxygen into my body because i was in the hospital for seven weeks and so then living through a suicide attempt they make you see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and so meeting with him is because it's been 10 12 years ago end up bleeding where why we're doing this podcast today you know he said you got a message you need to get out there you need to help other people and so mm. who knew what a podcast was 12 years ago i didn't <laughs> uh but it eventually led to where we're at today so and so we're glad that you, you were able to be more rational than i was at that time so all right uh, all right so now you decide uh, can't do this it's not gonna be worth, worth the cause to do this so what helped you build your confidence level up? Because you, you're talking about being a happily married man now. Life is going great, moving right along. And so what, from that point on, 
What do you think helped you get this confidence level back up? What did you What did you do? Yeah, so I, I guess a big part of it was, you know, when my when my focus shifted, a lot of my life had been focused on proving people wrong, like you know whether it was teachers, whether it were you know folks early on, coaches, whatever. Um, you know, it, my my motivation until a few years ago when. I had a lot of people end up having some success in my career and people were behind me, uh, you know, up until right up until then, my motivation has always been just proving people wrong. If somebody said I couldn't do something, I was determined to, to go out and do it. Uh, so, you know, I had kind of taken that, I guess it was a conversation with myself really as like, you know, I had to prove that my life was worth living. So that was a part of it. Also a big part of it was at that time, I, I really started exploring my faith more seriously and, Again, that was another motivating factor for me as well. Now, the thing that's interesting about my story is I didn't, I only really started talking about this probably less than two years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, this had happened. I had this, I had this thought. I, you know, I very seriously considered taking that, you know, taking that step to end my life, but I never, I never shared that with anyone. I only really shared it with my wife and my best friend recently. So prior, but prior to that, there's no discussion about it. I had just kind of put it behind me. I think there was even a point where I just, I don't know if consciously or subconsciously, I just, you know, almost, it was almost as if it didn't happen until I was reflecting one day and I realized like, oh, I, I really almost, <laughs> I really yeah, almost yeah, did that. Yeah. No, I, 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 I can understand what you're saying there because my family knew, of course, people knew in the community once the word got around and everything like that. But mm. uh, I can, I can understand why you would put it back in your subconscious, forget about it as much as possible because the stigma of people that attempt suicide, all of a sudden people are hollering, man, he was crazy. You know, you, you know, crazy people commit, commit suicide. And it's not that. It's people that are hurting. People that wants the pain to quit. They yeah. want the burden to be lifting. It. That's, that's, and so, and then, of course, if you live through it, then people, so, uh, like I said, you got to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, then people give the stigma, man, they're crazy. They're seeing a psychiatrist. No, I tell people, and uh, I haven't really hidden mine. And when I lived, I, I've been telling. And, and it's part of my story. It's part of my life. Same thing with you. I would encourage you because you're going to help somebody else that's been down that rabbit hole of thinking. And so how you can get out of it uh, to help them uh, is what you're going to be doing. And so, But I, I tell people, you know, what are we supposed to We've been told all our life to exercise, exercise 20, 30 minutes a day. Do something to get your body moving. Well, we need to exercise our mind as well. Absolutely. I mean, so when we go and see a psychiatrist, psychologist to help empty out that trash that's in our mind, it's no different than going to a regular doctor and help emptying out the cholesterol to get your heart healthier, to get some lungs healthier, get your circulation healthier. It's no different. But the stigma that it was placed on it, people could look at it. Oh, absolutely. I, I think for me, it was really about finding some sort of purpose because, again, originally my plan was to get married, have a family, you know, live the, the traditional life. But, you know, when I when I was getting a divorce, I just didn't see that as a possibility at the time. So it was like, what is my purpose now? You know, you did, I didn't really feel like there was a purpose. But I think, I think if you have a, a purpose, it's going to give you motivation to keep going. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You got a purpose and... Especially, I would like to add into that, if you have a purpose where you're, you know, helping other people as well. I mean, it's great to have a purpose, to have the best life possible of you, but we've got to be able to help the other other people out there. And so that, 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 
that really will bring you out of that uh, rabbit hole uh, once you see that you've helped someone else and, and know the good feeling of that. So now, do you think um, being young when you got married to where you're at today, I don't know your age now, but do you think that maybe you were just immature oh, I, compared I think that, to now? Because you you've grown up and learned a lot since then. And so do you think maybe you were in, just immature? Uh, maybe that's not the only thing, but, but the immature, the low self-esteem, low confidence. Yeah, I would say definitely uh, immaturity was a part of it. I would, you know, it was 16 years ago, so I'd be remiss to say if, you know, I I didn't feel immature looking at myself 16 years back. Uh, You know, I I haven't grown as a person, but no, I I definitely think that was a a part of it, immaturity. Um, And and again, I think part of being mature would have been recognizing getting into that situation that, you know, this, there are some really obvious things here that should tell you that this isn't going to work and ignoring that. I think being more mature now, that's not something that I, I, you know, if I had that again, hindsight's twenty twenty. But understanding the long term consequences, I probably wouldn't have taken that step. There was a point where there was actually a point where we almost called it off, and we decided not to. And it was more part of it. I think was more embarrassment, even though yes, you know the yes. the the whole the whole idea. You know, and again, it's it's very flawed thinking because it's again, if you're embarrassed that you call off a, a wedding, you know, how embarrassing is it when you get divorced? <laughs> you know, a year and a half later. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it goes back to the maturity level and the ancient, and like I said, it's uh, the embarrassment and and feeling of disappointment to other people, you know, looking from there. So I've never been married, so I can't get, I can't get on all that going on. So yes, I've never been married. So, uh, all right. um, I'm going to stop here just for a second to let you know, I got, I'm trying to do it. Nine, Brian. All right. So it's not just like nine, Brian. Okay, um, man, you got a good radio voice. You ought, you ought to do some podcasting or radio or something. You got a good voice. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've, I have been uh, taking advantage of it with a couple of podcasts. So that's been, you know, that's one of the things that I do in my spare time, and I, I do really enjoy it much. Like I'm, I'm sure you do as well. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and tell us the, your podcast names. What are the Miranda? What are these? Just go ahead and jump into there for a second. Yeah, absolutely. So there's three of them. So the first two are focused on what I spent most of my career doing, which is healthcare security. So that's the security teams that work within hospitals and and just healthcare facilities in general. And I mean, like physical, like the security, the security officers that you see in the hospital. So my my first two podcasts catered to that audience. So the individuals who work uh, in those security officer roles up to, you know, managers, supervisors, directors, uh, chief security officers, those individuals. So that's who they're catered for. But the first one is the healthcare security cast, which I've been doing for more than a year and a half now. We're 118 episodes in. And uh, again, we hit on a broad number of topics to to really just, again, the idea when I first started was for me to learn and share those learnings with other people. And so far it's it's been well received. And I think people, a lot of people are benefiting from it. So I, I continue to do that. Really love having those conversations and love sharing that content. And then my guest on episode three of that podcast is a guy named Mike Hodges. So Mike Hodges and I, we teamed up to do a, a second podcast that is focused on workplace violence in healthcare. So we've been doing that one. It'll be a year uh, on September 15th. We'll be celebrating one year of that. We do that one monthly. Uh, so it's that one's the Proactive Security Podcast. It was kind of birthed from Mike. He, he started the Proactive Security blog. And we kind of, you know, the idea was to kind of take what he's doing 
and combine what I was doing and, and make the proactive security podcast. And then the last one, so I, again, I, I spent a long time talking about security, healthcare security related topics. And I would just want to have conversations with other people and just interview unique people and, and share their stories. And I told my wife about this and, you know, the idea of she sees how much time goes into doing this in the evenings and at night. And she thought, okay, he wants to do a third podcast. Maybe there's something that we can do together here. So that was kind of what she pitched to me. She's like, let's do, let's do something together. And so that was where Disrupt the Everyday was born. All right. So, you and the wife tag teaming. All right. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I have someone to help with editing and, and getting everything in the back end done, all the post-production. So that that's huge because it gives us something that we can actually do together, which, again, frees up more time because it's not just me by myself doing all of it. So that that's really helpful. And the, the thing I love about it is that we have two different perspectives and we get to both share our perspectives and ask questions and, and have conversations with people, you know, from both a husband and wife perspective. And, you know, we, we've had, we have a great synergy together and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's even strengthened our relationship being able to, to work together in this way. And it, it's been, it's been a great experience, but what we kind of focus on there is it just, we, we hit on a broad number of topics. So we talk about parenting relationships, um, finances, uh, really, really anything you can think of real estate investing. So we, we cover a bunch of topics. The idea is that hopefully if somebody comes to our website or looks up our podcast, they do a search on something that they either want to learn about or that they're struggling with, and we'll be able to help them and, you know, at least give them a high level understanding of something. And then they'll be, they'll have an expert or professional that they can follow up if they need to, if they need to learn more information. There you go. Awesome. It's cool. And so, yeah, I, I love it that the, the wife is joined in. So that's good. So, um, all right, now let's go back to let's go back and we'll come back and get your. I, I'll get those those three podcasts and I'll link them below for anybody Sounds that's uh, coming in to replay and listening and they can find it and if they're interested they can just click on the links and come find you and I'll get those in there later and so now that, let me let me ask uh, uh, if you could give maybe two or three advice some tips on how you were able to grow and mature the confidence level how can how you help the listeners with a couple of tips so again it's just finding purpose finding purpose for yourself and i can i can kind of crystallize this down to three points and i think this is something that applies both in your personal life and professional life so you can use these principles as three principles and they're just kind of in my opinion they're universal they, they apply across both spectrums but the first thing is learning just having some kind of focus to learn. So for me, one of the things, and you know, I'm, I'm going to fast forward a few years here, but you know, I, I apply this for career development. I guess I'll use personal and professional examples. So my personal example was I wanted to, you know, I was getting involved in my faith and I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn more about God. I, I, so I, I spent a lot of time reading the Bible and just trying to learn in that sense. Um, from a professional standpoint, when I first started, when I first decided I wanted to grow in my career, one of the things I focused on was public speaking because it was, again, when you, when you talk about self-confidence and struggling with self-confidence, the last thing you probably want to do is be in front of a big crowd sharing, trying to share knowledge, especially when you don't feel like you're an intelligent person. So that was something I had to really work on. But, you know, I, I knew that I was going to have a struggle with that. It was going to be something that took a long time. So I had a purpose behind it because it wasn't something that I was going to do overnight. I spent a little bit of time each day just trying to get better at the skill. And over time, the efforts accumulated and I've been comfortable speaking in front of people. So that was a, that was a big step for me. Uh, but learning is huge. The, the second piece is just building relationships. 
And if you're looking at it as in a, from a professional standpoint, networking is the buzzword, but I, I always just take it back to relationship building because that's what it is at the end of the day. So just without having your own interests, just trying to connect with people, meeting interesting people, because I, I, you know, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I think there's nothing better than just meeting interesting people and, you know, bringing those people into your life. And you never know where those, where those relationships are going to lead, you know, how, who you're going to meet through those people, how you can help them and how that's going to benefit you because helping people also is, um, you know, is something that's going to make you feel better. If you do something and, and you alluded to this earlier, if you have an impact on somebody, you know, there, there's nothing like getting the, a message from somebody or an email from somebody or a call from somebody saying that you shared something that helped them. So the relationship building again, both professionally and personally, because you never know where those where those relationships are going to go or going to lead. I, I think every job that I've had, the last probably at least seven jobs that I've had, I, it's it's all been through people that I've known. That's how I found out about the opportunities, and you know, kind of fast tracked on those. But again, you just knowing people are you, you don't know you know when once you meet somebody, if you have a good relationship, you have access to their their connections as well, the people that they know. And they're going to be willing to help you out. Like sometimes, and again, it just comes out of conversation. Sometimes you might be struggling with something, and you share this with a friend, and they say, "Oh, I, I know this person. Let me introduce you. They'll be able to help you out." So you never know where those are going to lead. So just again, learning, building relationships, and then the last thing is mentorship, which it's e- it's easy to look at the practical professional variation of that, but even in your personal life, if you want to get better at something, or if you you know if, if you want to. Sh- teach somebody from your learnings, you have the opportunity to do that in any area of life. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be in your career. You know, you, you may, you know, for myself, I, I, I want to be a great father. If I know somebody who's a, you know, a father of six, they, they have children, you know, of the huge age range. I, I want to learn from them. I want to know what they've done, what they've done to be successful as a parent and, you know, as a husband, right? So, it's not just necessarily about those professional things. You can learn anything from from a number of people. There's so many people who have a level of expertise much greater than ours, and you know it's in the everyday thing. So, a mentor doesn't even necessarily need to know that you're learning from them. Mentors can be formal or informal. So, you know those informal mentors, those people who are just kind of getting it done every day. You can learn even just from their example. And mentors don't have to be perfect. They don't have to do everything right. But, you know, someone who who knows how to do something very well that you want to be good at, you can definitely learn from them. So just take advantage of that. And if you can teach somebody else something, again, those uh, there's the the old adage: when you teach something, when you uh, when you teach something, uh, what's the saying? I, I'm going to butcher it here, but you teach someone something, you learn it twice. So, again, we, you know, it's, it, it's going to strengthen your skills. We don't call it butchering. We call it paraphrasing. Yeah, there we go. I, I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I may borrow that later. <laughs> you can take it all you want to. Hey, now uh, with the learning, learning, yeah, learning whether you're reading books or audio books, talking to other people again could be your mentor, your networking. That yeah. learning opens up a world that you never even thought of. You know, because we're only used to what we're used to. Yeah. And if somebody else is talking about what's going on, on the other side of the world, and you go, what? Well, that sounds interesting. And then, yeah, learning. I'm all for that. That uh, opening that mind can take you places that you've never even thought of. All right. And then you're talking about networking. I think it was Zig Ziglar. I think was one that says, if you help out enough people, you eventually get what you want. 
screen. Yeah, yeah. If you help, if you help, help enough people you. get what they want, yeah, you'll they'll eventually help you get what you want. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And then the last one with mentoring, and so you know, learn from others. Okay, learn from them because they've already been down the road. I don't care if it's in a a cancer situation, spinal cord injury, business, whatever. They've been down the road before you, and so you they can teach you. Then you become a mentor to someone to help them get along. Yeah, well, I'll say too. You know, since we're since we're quoting people, I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson. Hopefully, I get this one right. But he, uh, if it was him, what the quote was is, "Every man is my superior in something." So it doesn't matter who it is that you meet, even if it's a small child. There's something that you can learn from. There's something they know that you don't, or something that they know better than you that that you can learn from. So even you know, when I go back to my days doing frontline security, there were a lot of times where I, I interacted with individuals who had you know maybe come into our hospital under the influence of you know a, a different substances. Or, you know, people who lived on the street, but just sometimes having conversations with those individuals and, and learning their perspective, learning where they come from, you know, even if you don't learn something specifically from from their experiences, you learn how to communicate with people. You learn how to just have respect for everybody, no matter who they are. So th- there's so many lessons that we can learn from each other. And, you know, I don't think we take enough advantage of that. Well, even the like you're talking about, the ones that are addictive that come in or the not so good people that enter your life, you learn something from them at least how to avoid that next time. Yeah. So, yeah. If nothing else, how to avoid it next time. So, all right. Brian, there we go. Trying to get it right for you. So, <laughs> I appreciate hey, it. Hey, we're, we're talking with Brian Hamilton. Okay. Again, talking about how he brought his courage on up uh, from uh, when he was younger to where he's at today to a happy married life stood at uh who that he enjoys now so all right uh hey we appreciate you being on here if you can go ahead and give us your social media in case anybody wants to reach out and find you and touch you and talk with you get some some uh, mentoring from you how can they go about that yeah so the the good thing about having a name that's uh that's misspelled is that it's very easy to get your own to get all of your social media handles that you want so (laughs) if you uh if you search brian hamilton on linkedin facebook uh, Twitter, it's at Brian Hamilton. Instagram is at Brian Hamilton. Uh, my uh, podcast page is at disrupt underscore the underscore every day. So they're, they're both, you know, my name and the title of the podcast are both pretty unique. So if you search either one, I, I'm pretty easy to find. But I'm, I'm on, you know, the major social media platforms. And that's Brian, B-R-I-N-E. Uh, again, having uh, I have a great grandmother who filled up my dad's birth certificate. She wrote Brian the way she said it with her accent and it was, it came out Brian. So my, uh, my, my dad passed it on to me, but it's, it's been good for getting emails and social media. That's for sure. There you go. Awesome. And again, the old, uh, just, uh, Google him and then they had to get you somewhere in, in the place anyway. So, all right, Brian, Hey, if you don't mind uh, finishing up here that, uh, we know there's people struggling out there, people are hurting. And if you can give us a, leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, that would be a blessing, man. Yeah, absolutely. What what I would say is, you know, no matter what you're going through, it's there. It's finite. You you know, any any struggle that you have, the, even though it doesn't feel like it when you're in it, it is going to end at some point. You just have to. Again, we we talk about some of the some of the things that you can do to to get help. Whether it's talking to a professional, whether it's just finding someone finding someone that you can confide in. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a professional. But a lot of times when we just 
when we just talk about the the burdens, it you know it, you're going to feel different. You're 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 going to feel a bit of a release. But just taking positive steps every day with some kind of purpose, you know, if you can find what your purpose is and, and move towards it every day, even just a little bit of progress each day accumulates over time. So, you know, what, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you, whatever it is that's making you feel like that your life isn't worth living, just trust that it is. There's somebody, you mean something to somebody. And, you know, if you can't find the strength to, to press on for yourself, find someone else that you can press on for. Amen, brother. There we go. Yes. So find find a reason to do something. And remember, today's purpose may not be the rest of your life purpose. We change because of these surroundings around us. You know, my life purpose when I was younger wanted to be a professional athlete. And then when I got my neck broke playing football, I guess my purpose changed since I couldn't play sports anymore. And so then, you know, I got a service dog and purpose of helping him and raise money for them and you may go through cancer then you want to help out with the cancer society and funds and and things so whatever today's purpose may be your lifelong i mean look at mother Teresa, and so but uh, more than likely you're going to have four or five different ones throughout your life maybe even more than that so just enjoy life do the best you can encourage people help other people and you'll find out it's all worth living for Brian, thank you again for being here, and we'll get all this social media put down for others to come back and get. Hey, if you're on the replay here, again, you don't have to be 23, go through a divorce and bankruptcy to be able to get this message out. You don't have to be a spinal cord injury like me. Again, the message of writing hope and moving on, letting you know that life is worth living is the message the same, so be able to share this out with someone else. All right, everybody else, do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis thanks for listening to the professor of perseverance podcast for motivation inspiration and encouragement for more information go to facebook at professor of perseverance visit the website at professor of and view the youtube channel dr james purdue professor of perseverance